Thanks for joining us on Dime Travel. Welcome. We are about to take you on an audio journey back to an NBA season from the past, but with the intention of rewriting history. At Dime Travel, we don't accept that the long and arduous regular season isn't worth much. We believe that the regular season is worth everything. We don't agree that the team who wins the two-month postseason tournament should be crowned world champion. We stand by the fact that it should actually be the team who displayed sustained dominance for a grueling six-month season featuring all of the teams in the greatest basketball league on earth. That's what we do. That's dime travel. And now, it's time to drop a dime. question remains though how do we decide who the regular season champ is we can't just compare their records because some teams played a harder schedule than others depending on how many times they played each opponent so what we settled on using was the elo rating system it's a rating system that was popularized in chess but it's been used in other leagues tennis rankings for example for our purposes all you need to know is this every team starts with a 1500 rating after each game the winner's rating goes up loser's rating goes down by the same amount and that amount depends on three things. It depends on the team's ratings going into the game. It depends on who was the home team. And it depends on the margin of victory. And then whoever has the highest rating at the end of 75 games is our champion. Last week, we revisited the 1965-66 NBA season and took a title away from Bill Russell and the Boston Celtics and gave it to Wilt Chamberlain and the 76ers. Today... We're going to reevaluate the 1989-1990 NBA season and see if the Detroit Pistons can hold on to their second of two back-to-back titles or if somebody else wins the regular season ELO title, the most prestigious title in the land. Joining me today is Chris. Hey, what's up? (laughs) And Ryan. Hey, Chris, this is a podcast. Nobody can see you when you're waving. Uh, thank you for having me on the show today. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the fans so much. I just I want to give a, a physical shout out and a verbal shout out. So you want to physically shout out the fans? <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird threat. I might be too drunk to do this one. All right, let's go. All right. So today we're going to change up our order a little bit and start with the best part of our show, the time travel week just as a way of getting into the 1990 frame of mind, right? So the premise of this segment, if we're talking about going back in time and re-examining an NBA season, what if we could go back in time to that season just for one week and not, not changing world events, not investing money. We just get one week during the NBA season to see some games, see some concerts, maybe do some other stuff, maybe buy a jersey at one of the games, we'll see. 
So, uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off? If you could go back to the 89-90 NBA season for one week, what, what would you do? What would be your itinerary? Uh, thank you, Kevin, for having me once again. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I love having you. Yeah, you, you know, I think you did mention the champions for this year as well as the last year were the Detroit Pistons. And I hope that they'll, you know, reclaim their title for this year. We'll have to wait and see. So I would like to travel back to January 21st, 1990 to see the Pistons take on the Los Angeles Lakers at the Auburn Hills, Michigan location. Uh, Sadly, the Pistons did lose this game 107 to 97. But the reason I'd like to catch this game is good to see Magic Johnson. who Mm, uh, Magic Johnson. This this is his last year sort of playing a full season because the following year is he makes his uh, sad announcement about acquiring HIV and even AIDS, um, which means he has severe immunodeficiency. Well, he does, he does make it through. He does make it all the way through the next season because he plays the Bulls in the finals next season. But oh, okay. That was like in, his in, announcement. Late in 91 yeah. is when he announced it, yeah. Okay. But yeah, very, this was this was right near the end of, it, of the line for Magic Johnson. Yeah, I guess I'd, I would like to uh, watch without – you know, thinking about that this could be the end for him, but mm-hmm. thankfully he seems to still be doing okay, which is amazing. Sp- uh, spoiler alert. Um, also get to see James Worthy. Um, obviously a great player. Just, uh, I really would enjoy watching that team take on the Pistons who are the champions, um, this year as well as last year. Uh, All right, so we're, then- we're, we're, we're introducing the, the 1990 season. So who, who was on that Pistons teams that you wanted to see? I got to get to that. The next one, um, uh, the, right. the team, the the players include Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars, James Edwards, Bill Lambeer, John Sally, Vinny, the microwave Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a basketball reference. And then Dave Greenwood, William Bedford. I, I don't think that guy was on the team. I don't remember him anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, the next game I'm checking out is a couple days and just going to travel to Chicago. They're going to take on the Bulls. Wait, and this right, time uh, the Pistons are going to win Did you say Greenwood and Bedford? Yeah, I don't really think those players were on the team, but they're listed. Hmm. Should, we, should we just call it quits then? I, I, oh, well, this is the mm-hmm. kind of players that Ryan usually uh, it seems attracted to. With the the uh, compound last names. Well, don't don't forget about Dennis Rodman. That is also that is a good one for it's an sure. Interesting superhero name. Um, and then you may have heard of Michael Jordan. He, mm-hmm. he played um, for the Bulls. Oh, that from year. Space Jam. Right, exactly the first one. The actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, right, yeah. And there's probably a peanut butter and jelly component as well. Um, Michael Jordan had 32 points that game. Horace Grant, 14. Bill Cartwright, 15. Pretty even distributed match, but just not enough for the Pistons this game. And then we're going to travel, after watching these two good games here, we're going to travel all the way to Japan, Yokohama, Japan, and we're going to go watch Whitney Houston. And Ooh, yeah, Whitney. Surprisingly, I, I couldn't find anything in the U.S. at this time. Um, so I'm going to take advantage of that going across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, She's in Japan. To some, yeah, she had a, a multiple uh, uh, concert sites throughout Japan and, and during this time. Oh and, my gosh! I hope um, she brings a little a bodyguard. bit about, a little bit about Yokohama. It's uh, has a Chinatown in it, which is kind of interesting. I don't. 
feel like I want to be in Japan, but you can go to get a little bit of a Chinatown. So maybe kind of visiting multiple cultures at once. And it has a beautiful botanical park. So I'm going to check that out. And a few other things. I'm um, going to catch a few movies. The Little Mermaid. Back to the Future Part 2. Mm-hmm. Nash Lampoon's Christmification. And there's wow. a few others I like to watch. Um, Are you going to watch those in Japan? I think so. Or are you coming back? As huh. long as it's subtitled. Yeah. Or in English. Or, you know, as long as they can understand it. And I really enjoyed All Dogs Go to Heaven as a kid. So I think I would like to catch that. I feel like living that going through that experiment experience was um well worth it i like to relive that so um and then i think you know because that long trip to japan i'm just gonna run out of time there's so much more i'd love to do especially with all the time in the botanical gardens i'd love to hear more about your guys this week's yeah chris what are you gonna do well one thing i'd like to say uh real quick before we move on to my week is uh and i'm not being funny here i think yokohama is like known for motorcycle tires. What? Yeah. I think that's Google. Goodyear. No, the Yokohamas are it's a it's a brand of like motorcycle tires. Okay. So, so I, I should probably check that out too. Actually if as I'm Googling, I thought I've seen I I thought they were for motorcycles. Yeah. I think they're actually just regular car tires or like any vehicle tires, but I've had yeah, some so Yokohamas. At any point before. you if at any point you tire of the botanical gardens, maybe go check that out. There you go. I think that's and a then, great plan. Well, I, what, what if I'm ready for bed? I'll probably retire. Ooh. <laughs> All right. That's yeah, enough nice. of that. That is that's uh yeah, if you set your bike down, Chris, where are you going? Too tired. Um mm-hmm. I I did not go to Japan. Um I wish I, I had did. thought of that. Amazing. Um, it, I, I kept it in the States. So I, I think with mine, I, I try to find like a game or two I really want to go to, but there's a lot of good teams and a lot of good players in 1990. And so I think I'm kind of basketball heavy. So I'm going to run through these really quick. I'm going to fly into on our, our little time travel machine into San Antonio uh, on March 24th. Why do you guys always think it's a flight back in time? I don't think you have to fly. I, I, I think it's kind of walk. probably like a some kind of particle decelerator, accelerator, accelerator thing, yeah, mm-hmm. like a Star Trek thing. Um, but I think okay. it, I think you know to keep it simple for our fans, we just say fly because. Well, so Ryan did rain. just mention Back to the Future two, and in that one, they did have a flying car that did it. But in Back to the Future one, it was just driving, and in three, they needed a train. So I just I, I feel like we always assume it's flying. Well, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they take mm-hmm. a um, phone telephone booth. booth yeah, so right. Maybe we do that. Yeah, that's yeah, also we'll start doing that. That's also how it's done in the Matrix. In and out as a phone mm-hmm. booth. Hmm. Yeah, it's the only way that Keanu Reeves knows how to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this movie unless there's a phone booth. <laughs> we should just end the podcast now. That was the joke that we were waiting for. So, <laughs> all right, join um, us yeah, next week. We'll- the cool thing about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is it, it came out um, in 1989. No way. So it's, wow, that's a yeah, good one. It came out in February 1989, so technically we're a year late for for the release, but yeah, it's, it's probably out. not in still mean, in theaters, but you can check it out on Netflix then, right? I'm probably going to get it on VHS. Um, oh, that makes more sense. And then when I'm done, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to rewind. Rewind. Yeah. So 
anyway, I've, de- I've definitely been um, completely derailed here. So I, I fly into San Antonio um, in my phone booth, and I am going to watch Detroit come to town. Uh, supposedly they got a good team this year. Um, but on this night, the uh, San Antonio's the victor. Bill Lambeer, he scores 12, brings down 10 rebounds, but really not a lot of production. Isaiah chips in 16, Joe Dumars chips in 15, but Terry Cummings is the story of this game, 40 points. Um, you got a rookie, David Robinson, who also scores 24 and brings out nine boards. Um, but, you know, San Antonio was was ready for Detroit and the bad boys uh, to, to come in and, and, and lose this game. So I decided to kind of stick around in the Texas area. A couple nights later, I watched San Antonio uh, uh, travel to Houston, so not too far down the road. Um, and they actually lose against Houston. You know, Robinson scores 24, Terry Cummings scores 18, but Hakeem scores 27 and has 18 rebounds. Uh, a guy named Otis Thorpe chips in 30 points for Houston and they just uh, dismantle San Antonio yeah. Spurs. So, so you had to see like a re- one of those really early Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson battles that were going to happen throughout the 90s. Yeah, just really cool um, early glimpse of things to come. Uh, after that, I'm going to uh, travel up to Ohio uh, to watch Chicago come into Cleveland. Um, this was a really cool game because it had a uh, playoff atmosphere. Cleveland's kind of fighting th- uh, to sneak into the playoffs at this point. Chicago's, um, you know, doing pretty well. Jordan actually scores 69 points and has 18 rebounds in an overtime win in Cleveland, where Cleveland just fought for their lives. Oddly enough, though, Pippen only chips in uh, seven points. Um, hmm. Horace, ball, he, he had hog. S- right? Like, pass the ball. Who is this guy? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Horace fan. has 16 and five, so he kind of helped out. But really, this was the Jordan show, start to finish. Um, Cleveland, more of a team effort um, with Mark Price chipping in 31. Craig Elo scoring 26. He actually shot 43% from three, so uh, pretty much Curry. Um, yeah. I don't think How can... about baby LeBron? Was he on the team yet? No. Like yeah, a miniature not... LeBron, like baby a two-foot LeBron. LeBron? Yeah, I don't I don't think he was old enough to be on this team yet, but... So, He's coming, so good... though. He, he was. Yeah. He was, he, uh, he was he probably like nine years old, so he probably could have come off the bench on this team, but he wasn't quite ready. He probably was still like yeah, six three and two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, so he was pretty small still. I was gonna say he probably had the body to to play small forward, but um, yeah, yeah, just not quite the maturity level yet. So he still had to figure out cursive and social yeah, studies. One, one of us should have gone back and watched one of his like like rec games. That would have been fun. Yeah, he's probably dunking at age nine. I think wreck would be the appropriate word for it, right? Because he would wreck everybody. Damn near killed him. I'm sure he was wrecking kids left and right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was. I wonder how many yeah. ankles he broke of other people's belongings. <laughs> I wonder how many times somebody like asked if they could see his birth certificate or told the league yeah. they should check his birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he's a freak. I'm sorry, I didn't. 
I didn't mean to get us. Yeah, we're never going to get to Kevin. Yeah, I didn't know we'd do so much LeBron talk in the 1990 episode. Yeah, this is a basketball-heavy trip here, so let me finish it up. So I, I wanted to catch another uh, Chicago Bulls game because I was just like really impressed by this Michael Jordan guy. So I'm going to actually head up to Chicago from Ohio to watch New York come to town. You know, Ewing, he, he scores 25 and has 15. Uh, so great game by New York. Um, but they actually lose by one to Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan has 49 points and 12 rebounds on this night. Horace Grant, seven points. Scotty, 14. I, I mean, this is, again, the Jordan show. Um, so anyways, another awesome Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan game. So I get to catch a couple of those. And then uh, I'm actually going to get on an airplane or an Amtrak or a phone booth in Japan. Fly out to Oakland to catch oh. uh, Rush. Rush was kind of uh, at the end of their peak during this time, but um, I've never seen Rush before because I was too young to really appreciate probably how cool their concerts were. But you know, I think they're probably kind of like a Pink Floyd esque laser light show with with uh, you know upbeat music. Uh, and I'm there for Tom Sawyer, so yeah. that's the end of my week. Uh, it seems like that'd be quite a rush. That'd be good. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Well, you're not going to believe this, but I'm also starting in Japan. You're starting in Japan? I am starting in Japan. Wow. So there are a couple of things that I was hoping to do that didn't quite work out. I was I was interested to see that a little uh, NKOTB, maybe a little New Kids on the Block performance, but their tour started a little late, a little later in 1990. So it was after the NBA season. Uh, we're also just a little bit too late because it was July 89 that Millie Vanilli had that concert where the tape skipped. Yeah. And it was just the girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's true. That would have been a really cool t- concert to be at, but it wasn't during the NBA cool season. moment in time too. Yeah. Do we ever yeah. figure out who they who was like the people really doing it? Don't we want, don't we want to support them? Yeah. But I mean, we know who it is. It's not like a mystery. They Wait, just didn't have it? a cool rhyming. I don't know their names. I know, but I feel like they were the ones that got them going. They, we should just cheer them on. Wait, are yeah, you no, saying I, that you I, think I, that I, they were lip syncing to someone else singing? Yeah, they yeah. were. I thought yeah. they were just lip syncing to their own recording. No, it was no. other people's recording. They were just the face of it. Exactly. So it was like a doc or Wizard of Oz situation, too. Um, a Wizard of Oz situation. How is well, it a Wizard of Oz? Nobody pretended to be the Wizard of Where Oz. You know, like the voice from behind the curtain kind was of the guy who was behind the curtain. That was just was like an auto tune. Yeah. 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 The Wizard That's of Oz it. is real. Yeah. Th- this is made up. Millie Vanilli were just fictitious singers. Um, yeah. There was somebody else doing it. And that's the uh-huh. people we should be supporting. Yeah, it was real music, but they weren't the ones who sang it originally. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I think they were trying to tell us that by they were trying to tell the girl that it's true. Mm-hmm. But she didn't and, believe it. And that's and why they had it, to say it over and over. Yeah. And then it just got hung up on that part. Mm-hmm. They protested too much. Exactly. Well, she, she's got to believe now. Yeah. <laughs> she has to. But I, so I wanted to check that out. I thought that would have been cool. Didn't work out. So instead, I started in Japan where Madonna was performing her Blonde Ambition tour at the time. What, uh, that, when is this? April, April 14th, 1990. Wow. You just missed Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was like, this is probably the big Madonna tour. This is her third tour, but it's probably the biggest one. Uh, supporting her like a prayer album. 
Uh, so the set list included Papa Don't Preach, Like a Prayer, Material Girl. Oh my gosh, is she going to wear that uh, pointed breast black corset? Yeah, watch your eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get good seats. That seems dangerous for a number wow, of reasons. this is such a three-dimensional concert. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know awesome. Japan was such a hotbed for music. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think I was going to see anyone else in Japan. As soon as you said Japan, I assumed you were doing this. I didn't know that you were going to see Whitney and the Botanical yeah. Gardens and the Tire Factory. <laughs> well, anyway, highlight <laughs> cool. of my day. Yeah, yeah. Don't All forget, right, so, you can also see the Tire Factory. <laughs> I, I might. I, I got to get back for some basketball games, but um, I, I might if I have time. Um, but I want to get back and see some games before Magic Johnson retires. Uh. So that was the 14th that I was doing that. Oh, that was another tire joke. Um, oh, okay. So that was on the 14th. On the 17th is when I need to be back by because I want to watch a Bulls game, a Bulls home win against the Celtics 111 105. Because obviously, uh, the, like you were saying, Chris, you, you got to watch this this young MJ right on the cusp of next the next season is when he wins his first title. But this is when he was uh, definitely at the peak of his powers starting – right around now he he had 35 points that game um and this is against the celtics who were still most of the same players from their yeah. their best their best teams in the 80s but they're just a little long in the tooth but it, added on to that they also had a really young reggie lewis so larry bird at 23 this game mikhail with 28 reggie lewis with 24 it would have been a really cool game to go to two nights later i'm gonna travel to detroit and I'm going to watch the 76ers win at the Pistons 107-97. We're watching a lot of Pistons losses. It's weird for, for the eventual postseason champ. Uh, Barkley had 36 this game. Isaiah with just 13 points, 13 assists. And Rodman with just eight rebounds, which I was a little disappointed to see. But this was, a, this was also before his rebound numbers went off the charts. He was still, I think, f- really focused on defense which I know he always was, but before he became, I, before he started fetishizing rebounds. Fetishizing. Like as bad as he wanted to be. Yeah, he, he was he was not yet doing all that stuff. He was just a really yeah, hard player. Like, he was just kind of like, kind of as bad as he wants to be, but not quite. Yeah, like he wanted to be a little bit worse, but yeah. After that, on the 20th, I'm going to head out to Maryland and watch a Red Hot Chili Peppers show. This was uh, their tour supporting their Mother's Milk album. Uh, it was before a lot of the their most well-known songs, but it would have been really cool to see a young Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a, 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 a nationwide tour. I, I was hoping to see a Laker game when I went back, but their set list did include their song Magic Johnson. So that's mm-hmm. about as close as I got this year. Um, but that's going to conclude my week. Yeah, two things I want to say about that. Uh-huh. I also yeah. support Mother's Milk. One uh-huh. big fan. Yeah, you, and I also know. the other thing I want to say is super cool that you finished your week watching the Red Hot Chili Peppers on 420. I thought that was mm-hmm. clever. I mean, I didn't I didn't plan that part in particular, but it's sure also smart starting at Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I actually tried to choose between some different tours and I and I had my sights set on Madonna and Red Hot Chili Peppers at one point and eventually mm-hmm. just settled on going to see Rush, which is kind of funny. You, you kind of found a way to put both of them on your radar. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. let, let's say you were having a really good time there 
and you're like, I don't want to go back to the U.S. or go to the U.S. You could have just watched some like Japanese basketball game and been okay. Was there like a good you, ba- you, Japanese basketball <laughs> league in the 90s? You could have just satisfied the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> and you I guess. Could, and um, you could have invested in the yen. No. W- would that have been a good investment at that point in time? Rule know. number four of the time travel week. No investing. I, but it's the but, yen. But it's a different co- so? company, country, and company. <laughs> so does that yeah, necessarily no mean it's going to go up? No investing. There's no, there's no loophole there. That doesn't yeah, say no like except in other countries. Yeah, it's it's no across the board. It's not like now and yen you can do it. it never. <laughs> there's like there's four basic rules and there's no bylaws with those rules. So like they're they're blanket, they're umbrella. No investing. It okay. covers all the countries of the world. Okay, don't invest in the yen, but you can still catch a good Japanese basketball game, whatever the league is, and still be okay. Actually, rule number two is you have to attend at least one NBA game, Ryan. So oh, NBA game. Okay. You're really trying yeah. to you're trying to twist up time travel week and really f- things up. <laughs> the rules are so complex with time travel. They're really well, well, time travel, yes. All right, so that's the end of our time travel week. So it's, hope, hopefully everyone's in a 1990s frame of mind now. So now we're going get, to start getting into the actual basketball part. All right, but we're going to start that, that pim, off. What do we find more, Pim? More Pim? Pim, par- pim particles? Pim particle. Yeah, is that how we travel? No, we already established it's by phone booth. Okay. <laughs> With Pim particles, though. I don't think the Pim particles were a part of either of the phone booth movies. The pin particles, do those go in the coin slot? No. No. All right, now we're going to go into the game Guess the Players, where Ryan has a list of the All-NBA first, second, and third team players from this year, and I give him some of the more obscure nicknames for these players on basketballreference.com and see if he can guess which player has these nicknames. You ready, Ryan? I'm ready. All right, which... NBA player in 1989-90 made an all-NBA team and had the nickname Tommy Gun. Tommy Gun. That is a rapidly firing type of gun, I believe, from yeah, Dick Tracy. Yeah. It does. That Dick, Dick Tracy gun. Mm-hmm. Kind of cartoonish player. Um, like maybe bends differently than normal. Very flexible. Probably stretches after practice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Tom Chambers is on the list, so I feel like that's too obvious, but I also feel like it's the answer going Tom Chambers. That is the answer. Tommy Gunn, Tom Chambers, a two-time yeah, All-NBA so player. Fun to watch you reason that out. Yeah, I'm glad you finally noticed that. So uh, Tom Chambers playing for the Phoenix Suns. He was a two-time All-NBA player. He averaged 27 points a game this season. Wow. That's incredible. I remember him, but I also don't remember him being on that caliber. I mean, I remember being a good player, but it's like, I'm glad he got some some recognition. I remember he had that dunk. I forget who it was over. The the dunk he had that was, I, I wish I remember the player he was dunking on, but where he kind of got lifted up a little bit, just the way that he was going over the player. And it was a, a pretty epic poster, but it's a little bit windy. Did he push the guy or something? The guy, he definitely, there was some momentum helping him go up, but... Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was I remember that too, actually. I was going to say yeah. a fun fact is I actually had a Tom Chambers card out of a pack of basketball cards I bought at 7-Eleven with coins I found. Wow, that is a fun fact. Yeah. And is that where the, um, was that over the basilisk 
<laughs> no. You're thinking the, Tom on Riddle. On the front part of the house? He's thinking Tom Riddle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Where are my wow. Harry Potter fans at? All right. You're, you're thinking was... a different chamber. He was thinking of the Chamber of Secrets. That's right. Exactly. Oh, boy. You guys get me. That's oh man. When I finally realized what you were saying, I think it's like when you finally saw there was somebody named Tom. Yeah, like, no, I saw the oh, whole time. I just was, you know, keeping okay. it interesting. Oh, you were just vamping? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're one for one. Let's get a little bit a little bit trickier. Which player made an all NBA team this year and had the nickname Clever? Clever. Let's see. Someone is pretty crafty. Um, kind of figuring out things as he's going up the court, maybe gliding a little bit as he's finishing off. Is it Clyde Drexler? God, you love Clyde Drexler. It's so weird. No, it's not Clyde Drexler. It was James Worthy. Clever, obviously, for being a, a cerebral player. Uh, he's a two-time All-NBA player, Hall of Famer, lifelong Laker. He's number six all-time in Laker points, number three in steals, nine in assists. And uh, and a clever guy, apparently. I don't know how many people called him clever, but. Well, I have done some. Uh, our stat guys have done some research since we last spoke five seconds ago. Mm-hmm. And you won't believe who the dunk was over. Who was our it? Our good friend, Mark Jackson. Ooh. Tom Chambers. Yeah, Tom, Tom Chambers Riddle. over Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. This one was Tom Chambers. Mm. But it, it was in Mark, Mark Jackson's Jackson. defense, it was a two on one fast break situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Chambers elevated really high yeah. and Mark Jackson was really he's sort of protecting himself and he raised his arms up to sort of get Tom Chambers mm-hmm. knee out of his chest. And that sort of gave him that extra little push. But mm-hmm. really, uh, Tom Chambers pretty much he he definitely went up. I mean, there was I, it looked like he might have got some help, but he I think he really just elevated and um, Jackson mm-hmm. kind of just protected himself and got out of the way. But it was, yeah, it was an amazing dunk for sure. Mama, there goes that man. Yeah, that's the same guy. You're right. All right, one for two, Ryan. Are you ready for this last one? Yeah. Wow, Chambers was an incredible athlete. Yeah. Makes sense why he was placed on that all-American mm-hmm. team. It's a, it's a shame that he hated muggles so much. Because other, other than that, he would be a, a real role model. Mm-hmm. But So which player made an all-NBA team in 1990 – and had the nickname the Prince of Pizza. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I don't understand how that's any reference to basketball. Probably not. Probably just has to do with food just items. Just talk through it like you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Charles Barkley. I remember him eating a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm going with him. Yep, it was uh, Charles Barkley, the Prince of Pizza. <laughs> oh <my> wow. <laughs> any any food related nickname? He's he's a very good guest. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. Some, I'm, Still playing for the 76ers at this point in time. Obviously, a top 25 all-time NBA player. He was the number two MVP uh, this year. The Prince that's of Pizza. That's a great nickname. It reminds me of a computer game I used to play called The Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a lot like that name, Prince you of think Pizza. It's related to that, there is a lot of similar words. That a lot of similar that words. Is, yeah. Will you another be word you association? That? What's that? I just didn't know if you'd be playing on that in your Game Boy this year or not. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. You couldn't get that on Game Boy. So, yeah. Oh, but you could that, get the Game Boy, though, this but year. But that new hot Game Boy dropped this year? 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh, snap. Yeah. Psych. Psych? I don't think you use that right. Yeah, I don't think I use it right either. I'm so psyched to get that Game Boy not. <laughs> Never nice. mind. I don't know how to do that. Anyway, did we do well in guest the player? Yeah, yeah, two out of three. That's your best so far. That was really good, Ryan. Your your yeah. sound reasoning was was super fun to listen to. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I, I think it's the support and you guys are being my champion. It's really helping me. Yeah. Okay, well, this is getting kind of mopey. Can we move on now? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the primetime team, this is where we talk about which prime of these teams time. would benefit the most. You, you want to do your bit, Chris? Primetime team. Yeah, that, that was really that. good, but not as good as Ryan did and guess the players. That was really impressive. Jeez, so right. good. So the primetime team is where we take a look at these teams and, and use the time travel premise of what if you could take whatever the best version of the players you have under contract, go, go through time forward or back and get the best version and put them on this team. Who would benefit the most from that? And so I have two candidates here. I think that, I think one is, uh, is probably the, the logical winner. Uh, and that's the Boston Celtics who were really good this year. They were uh, 52 and 30. They were the number four seed in the East. They ended up ninth in our ELO rating. Uh, they end up losing the first round to the Knicks, but this is this team is basically the 1986 Celtics plus Reggie Lewis, but just the wrong year for them. And then, then the 1986 Celtics is in the conversation for the best team of all time. It's definitely one of the top five teams ever. So this year they had 35 year old Dennis Johnson. If we could go back and get 26 year old Dennis Johnson when he was all NBA first team, we get super young Reggie Lewis. Instead, get Reggie Lewis from a couple years from now when he was an all-star. And instead of having 33-year-old bad back Larry Bird, go get 29-year-old three MVPs in a row Larry Bird. Oh, my God. That guy was so good. He was. Instead of 32-year-old aging Kevin McHale, go get 29-year-old fourth and MVP voting Kevin McHale. Except for Kevin McHale, he's been like like 45 since he graduated from high school. Yeah, he's always looked 45, but... He, yeah. he definitely played younger when he was in his mid twenties. That's arguable. At this point, it was definitely some shine was off that rose. But and then same thing for Robert Parrish. Instead of getting thirty six year old version, we get twenty eight year old version of Robert Parrish. I think this this team almost certainly wins the title if you get the best version of all those players. It's basically just the eighty six Celtics, but instead of Danny Ainge at shooting guard, you get Reggie Lewis. Kind of feel the same way about Robert Parrish. I think they've been forty five since high school. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. on the other team, on that Hawks team, though, you have Spud Webb. How would you like to see that matchup with Parrish? All right. Mo- moving on to the uh, the second primetime team, the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> you really jumped the gun on that, Ryan. Uh, so I, I get excited I I, when I see a little guy like me. Gives uh-huh. me hope. Yeah. All right. That's Atlanta Hawks. I always thought that was weird about you. How excited he gets when he sees little guys. <laughs> yeah. He just like starts to giggle. So the Hawks this year were 41 and 41 and missed the playoffs. They were 14th in the ELO rating. Um, but this team, there, there are a few things that they would benefit. So they had uh 28-year-old Doc Rivers. You might want to get him from a year before, two years before. He wasn't very healthy this year. Uh, John Battle was the shooting guard, whatever. You can get him from any year. This was right around his prime. Dominique Wilkins was a little long in the tooth at this point. He was 30. 
but he was just four years removed from being the number two MVP candidate. So you replace a, a kind of over the hill Dominique with MVP level Dominique at power forward, 29 year old Kevin Willis, who oddly enough really peaked at around 29 or 30. So he actually was still getting better at this point. But the big thing for this team is that they had 39, 34 year old, not even an all-star anymore. Moses Malone. If you could replace right. him with MVP caliber, Moses Malone, the 27 year old multiple MVP winner, Moses Malone, I think this this becomes a contender instead of a instead of a just barely missed the playoffs team. And is this the Kenny Smith? Uh, yes, the From Kenny the... Smith was on the team. Wow, I I don't know. I mean, obviously the Boston is a great team, but I feel like this is pretty competitive. Also, um, it seems that the roster for the Hawks seems a lot larger. Is was it a lot of trades or something going on? Are you? Yeah, there there are some trades in the mix. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to derail you, but like along the lines of what Ryan was saying, like I, if you're able to kind of play guys out of their natural position, I think maybe put Doc Rivers at shooting guard. You've then you've got an option of playing Kenny Smith or Spud Webb at point guard, and um, then you don't worry about this John Battle guy. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought about that. John, John Battle's John Battle's fine. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Kenny, this, Kenny maybe, Smith maybe. Yeah, maybe Kenny to look Jet it up. would be better, but he doesn't have any All Star appearances in his career. Nah, yeah, I actually didn't he had know. Some, I he had some memorable playoff moments that make us remember him, but yeah, he was not an All Star. Yeah. Right, he competed in two slam dunk contests and had a great college mm-hmm. season or a college career. But interesting, I really would if you had asked me how many he had, I would have given you a number of like one or two at least. I was surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, but. he was a really good player, but yeah, wasn't quite on that level. Gotcha. Yeah. Th- th- those are the two teams. Yeah. If they had, if the Hawks had all these players available again, I, I think the roster is not, not possible. Meaning I, I, some of those players are not there all the time based on getting traded away. But I almost mm-hmm. feel that they could sort of wear the other team down just because they have so many other players just, you know, play, you know, obviously the game back then was so much more physical and kind of wear mm-hmm. down some of the players and, you know, may play aggressive and, Get in somebody's head. So I don't know. I, I feel like this could be pretty competitive if you had both teams in their prime. I, I feel like this is one of the closer matchups we've had. Hmm. I just feel like, like that's put, the greatest putting together the, the 86 Celtics with Reggie Lewis. Oh, like that's no. a scary team. Yeah. I, I think Ryan's he's trying to make the argument a little too much here. I, this Celtics team is f- far and away uh, a much better team in yeah. their primetime version. I, I like that you stick up for the for the Hawks, but yeah, I, I mean, and and adding adding prime Moses Malone is is no joke, but yeah, you got to give you got to give Kevin his roses because he's always trying to put a Celtics team in this primetime segment. Um, I really don't, and, and but this but is the, the year Celtics, that it makes sense. The the Celtics are always either a dominant team or a team with a bunch of aging, formerly dominant players, so they just they naturally fit into this a lot, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not intentional. Yeah, I promise. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, but I mean, regardless, I don't think you can argue with it this year. They're they're the better yeah. prime time team of this season. A classic example: of Kevin said he they the Celtics got that guy that's really good at playing the the clarinet. What? Um, which which guy was really good at playing at Pickney? Uh, from the Timberwolves. Oh, that was Kevin Garnett. It was Kevin G, not Kenny G. 
Wow. That was so you you thought you thought I was gonna pick up on the fact that fifteen years after this, Kevin you have an Garnett, incredible mind. <laughs> such a stretch. some might say I it's a beautiful joke beautiful was mind. designed for a beautiful mind or it, it painted more like a Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Like you just splattered some words on there that kind of made sense and we're hoping Kevin would understand there was a joke. He got cocky after the Chamber of Secrets thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. I thought you were in beast mode tonight. Yeah, no, sorry. I, f- I feel like I disappointed you. Yeah, you're such All a right. dad. All right, moving on to the next category we're going to talk about, which is the biggest improvement. Which team made the biggest jump in Elo rating from the previous year? And and this season it was the San Antonio Spurs, who jumped up from number 21 in the Elo rating the previous season all the way up to number eight. And they did that in a not very confusing way. They very, it was very clear what happened. This team added rookie Sean Elliott, who was decent as a rookie. Uh, oh, they for traded sure. for Terry Cummings, who Chris mentioned earlier. And then the big thing is they added rookie David Robinson. And not just any regular rookie, but 24-year-old served a couple years of his military service, David Robinson. So he was, he was ready to step right in and be a contributor. So he was he was sixth in MVP voting this year. Obviously, the unanimous rookie of the year, all defensive second team. So that, that, it's it's no surprise that this team all of a sudden went from twenty one up to number eight. Not only was he jacked and and muscular, mm-hmm. he also scored a thirteen twenty on his SAT. Yeah, so he got into the Naval Academy. Uh, he he did not, however, achieve the rank of admiral. That's kind of ironic. Uh, when you look yeah. at the NBA history of, of the face. season turnarounds, this is this is actually the third largest turnaround in NBA history. David Robinson mm-hmm. uh, had a huge turnaround on this team. Eventually, it would and it's be not Tim really Duncan, a slap but... in the face that he didn't make admiral. Admiral's like the general of the Navy, so he, he left his lieutenant, and it's just not as good of a nickname, you know. Mm-hmm. David the Lieutenant Robinson. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. I always enjoyed but... watching him play. He was just a. Uh... You know, I never felt like he played dirty. He just worked hard. Always had a great mm-hmm. reputation amongst all the players. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I never saw him. I never saw him lose his temper or anything. All right, that's enough about the San Antonio. That's enough about the San Antonio Spurs and amazing oh, rookie goodness. David Robinson. Now we're going to talk about the team that the ELO rating loved. I loved it. And that's the Houston Rockets. Uh, they were. They were. Uh, 41 and 41 lost in the first round as an eighth seed to the Lakers, but the ELO rating had them as the 11th best team. And this, this was a, a year with a, a huge Hakeem year. He was seventh in a VP voting, which is interesting that he was one spot behind rookie David Robinson. Uh, he was number two in defensive player of the year rating. Uh, but this was, this was a really, really good Rockets team, but mostly it was re- really mostly a, an amazing Hakeem Olajuwon team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and other- so, like, what's really interesting about this podcast is we use the ELO rating to kind of suss out some of these regular season um, oddities. So, like, why was this team, why did the ELO like them so much more than the regular season standings like them? So, in in some cases, it's because they do better later in the year, which the ELO rating uh, definitely weights later season games a little more than early season games. That wasn't really the case for the Rockets team. Uh but one thing that record doesn't reflect uh, 
that the ELA rating does is margin of victory. So I think mm-hmm. most likely in this case, it's just that they, when they won, they won big. And when they lost, they lost close. A lot of close games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, this was, this was a good year to, to watch a, a prime Akeem Olajuwon, but uh, not, not a ton else on this team. I mean, Otis Thorpe was a really good player. This is before they had Kenny the Jet. Uh, but yeah, a super aging John Lucas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a, I like it was a that team you've that, got a player whose nickname is The Dream, but then you've got a, a, another player on yeah. the team called Sleepy. Yeah, so. Sleepy Floyd and Keem The Dream. It's quite a duo. You can't, what a match. You can't match that up any better. Yeah. No. I, I, so I that didn't occur to me. Sleepy would go in first. And then the dream yeah. would come in. Is mm-hmm. there later in NBA Jam? Is that a, is it possible to play with Sleepy in the Dream? I don't think Does so. Anyone know? I don't know if Sleepy was still on the team by the time NBA Jam came out. Yeah, Sleepy th- how old was he here? Twenty nine. So maybe, maybe, but maybe he wasn't on this team. I don't know. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Elo underachiever. So this the the New York Knicks this year were the number fourteen rated Elo team, but they 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 overachieved their fourteenth ranking. They actually won the first round of the playoffs, beat the Celtics three to two, and made it to the Eastern semis, which is a uh, really overachieving for what the Elo rating said they should have been. It had them at a at fifteenth overall, a fourteen ninety three rating, so below where they started. But this is this is similar to what we were talking about with the Houston Rockets, I think they probably just had a uh, a weak end of the season, which which hurt their ELO rating. But and this was a team kind of similar to uh, the Houston Rockets, where they really relied on Akeem. This was a this was a heavy Patrick Ewing season, where he was he was fifth in MVP voting, fifth in Defensive Player of the Year. He was an All NBA First Team, and he was just did everything for this team. Eleven boards, twenty nine points four blocks a game that's crazy at the nba level especially for a player who's so much more mm-hmm. yeah so he was he was awesome this year and, and everyone else on this team and this was before they added some of the the guys that would be uh big parts of the team in the mid 90s the, the the john starks and the um they had charles oakley they didn't have like xavier mcdaniel and and some of those other guys it was the beginnings of that team but this was still heavily, heavily relying on Patrick Ewing. Kind of crazy. Does Spike Lee go to these games? Front row, yeah, every time. Uh, I don't know if he was at, but, but in 1990? I remember seeing him that pretty early, yeah. I remember at least early 90s. I don't remember 90 itself, but he definitely was at like 92 at least, probably more. Yeah, I guess I guess he might have been. Well, do I mean, you guys was... remember being 10 years old and watching a, a Knicks game and being like, oh, Spike Lee? Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, okay. Well, that settles it. Like, no, you don't. I was like, why are they talking about this guy? He does movies. I don't understand why they keep talking about this guy. I mean, this is the year. 89 is the year that Do the Right Thing came out. So I don't know if, if he had the money yet oh. by that point. That was his breakout. Statisticians just handed this to me. Know. Spike Lee has been a dedicated season ticket holder for the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden since 1985. Wow. Okay. So Ryan's, but courtside? Ryan's memory was, wasn't made up. Too legit. Nope. Courtside though. There's a difference between season ticket holder and sitting courtside. Yeah, like we're, you know we're we don't, third we don't pay tickets. the research staff enough it's money. A Lakers game. They literally just walked out. 
So I, I, okay. I don't know. I'm not going to give well, you we, more information. You were on able that. to tell third kill was sitting up in the bleachers at the Lakers game. We should be able to figure out if Spike Lee's <laughs> in the. I think they just get fed up with all the <laughs> stupid stuff we ask them to do. Yeah. I know. We go through those guys so quick. Yeah. Kevin had him cut cut his milk yesterday. <laughs> Freeze it and cut this it. It's too big. It's not that hard. Too big of pieces. Smaller. All right. So what a weirdo. The next thing I want to talk about. I could I couldn't shoe this team into shoe I couldn't find a way to shoehorn this team into a category, but so I just made up a no real reason category. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix Suns, I feel like are a team that we should talk about a little bit. This was a really good team. We talked about Tom Chambers a little bit. Uh, they had Kevin Johnson on this team. Jeff Hornacek was really, really, really awesome on this team. Uh, so later in a minute, we're going to count down the top three ELO rated teams. And they ended up number five. But the reason I want to talk about this team is this team was in first place 63 games into the season, which is when Jeff Hornacek had to leave with a knee, with with a knee injury at at the 63 game mark this was this was our, our headed heading towards being our champ so they they had a really interesting year they they started off pretty bad they were 7 and 10 until until December 15th when that movie the wizard came out mm-hmm. you guys remember the wizard yeah mario brothers fred savage yeah yeah fred savage it's got to get that that warp whistle yeah exactly it's a mario 3 debut and so after the wizard came out, they went on an absolute tear. They went 37 and nine over the next 46 games. It was a very, it was a very inspirational movie. Apparently. Yeah. I, I think combined with that, that combined with the fact that this is the year the power glove came out. Definitely. I think they were just, they just felt like they could do whatever they wanted. They mm. they all um, had power gloves on. But so they were, they went 37 and nine between the time the wizard came out and the time Jeff Hornacek got injured. So this team this team was the number one team in the league at that point. But then after after um, after Hornacek's knee injury, which is a legitimate thing, he, he was averaging 18 points a game for them, five assists and five rebounds. After he got injured, they went 11-9 and nine the rest of the way and fell to fifth. Hmm. But this was a really good team. It was led by Tom Chambers, who was eighth in MVP voting this year. It was his best year. Uh, young KJ was just his third year, but he was scoring almost 23 points a game. Thunder Dan Marley was in year two. Uh, Eddie Johnson was third in the sixth, in sixth man of the year voting and even got an all NBA vote. Although I'm sure it was one of those local reporter kind of things, but. And Hornersack was highly efficient. She, uh, 54% essentially overall field goal mm-hmm. percentage and uh, 41% three point percentage. They're really high clicks. You know, percentage. It, it, it's yeah. crazy that their season completely went off the rails by the time Pretty Woman came out. Hmm. Yeah, they were really affected by some of that stuff. I don't know why they really loved the Wizard, but then, yeah. But this was this was a really really cool team that uh, eventually was going to add Charles Barkley and yeah, lose Tom Chambers and Hornacek, but it had Tim Legler on it. Yeah, it had legs there for a bit. No, he said Tim Legler. Yeah. That's a person. Yeah, yeah, legs. They call him legs. They do. Yeah, is that part of our? He's guest a player. No, not yet, because he hasn't made an All NBA team yet. We'll He's see. He's still eligible. I haven't given up hope. All right, all right. So now moving on to our top three. Wait, this just the top three rated. Um, do you want to guess a player? Sure, it makes sense at this point. Yeah, transition. All right, so this player was not on an NBA All Player first or second team, but was. <laughs> 
was a basketball player during this season who is known as the worm in, J- in japan or u.s who is known as the worm dennis rodman Man, he is so good that is correct because of his agility and ability to gather rebounds bending himself in odd positions no rebound was safe from dennis rodman hmm. plus whenever it was raining out sometimes you just see him laying in the lawn i think that was the other reason <laughs> they called him the worm that wasn't david robinson no <laughs> The Admiral? You could use him to catch one hell of a bass. He liked the water, but... Yeah, I thought you were just saying you saw him just laying in a puddle of water or something. Yeah. On the lawn. D- David, Ro- Navy guys hate the water. That's why they try and stay in the boat. Don't they? <laughs> they, don't, they don't actually try to go in? If you see an Admiral who's wet, he's doing a bad job. <laughs> if you see a worm who's wet, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. He was thirsty. All right. Well, you, uh, success again you've for Kevin. A, I'm gonna start. You've got a lot to learn about the Navy. <laughs> In the Navy, I'm going Dang to uh, bring up some more challenging ones in the future. Who's the next All team, right. though? Next team, getting into the top three ELO-rated teams. The number three team was the Portland Trailblazers with a 16.58 ELO rating. This was a team, oddly enough, led by Buck Williams. Clyde, Clyde Drexler was 12th in MVP voting. Buck Williams was 10th in MVP voting this year. I don't remember Buck Williams. Wait, I remember Buck Williams. I don't remember a point where he was the best player on that team. I mean, Clyde Drexler was the leading scorer on that team. I think he was the face of that team. It was largely about Buck Williams being uh, – uh, it was a different time for the league where they really valued the big man. He was all NBA first team in defense. Um but he was he was averaging fourteen points a game, and it's not even like his number his rebound numbers were uh, were amazing. It was just a hair under ten rebounds. But it, that combined with his defense, he was number ten in MVP voting. That's crazy. Um, Terry Porter was on this team, also got uh, all NBA votes. Drazen, a young Drazen Petrovic was on this team. So this was a. Uh, this was a really good team. The Portland Trailblazers are definitely one of those teams that was a little bit lost to time. They they were they were a legit contender for a for a long stretch there in the end of the eighties, early nineties. Do you remember watching uh, Kevin Duckworth shoot shoot free throws? This guy, uh, this guy is massive. I remember seeing him, and he's seven feet, two hundred and seventy six pounds, and he just mm-hmm. like a solid muscle. I'm like, how is this person? real and just incredible to see somebody of that caliber that 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 team was mm-hmm. had so many talented players and i'm like and and not that he's not a good player but i just like this guy's just massive uh i probably didn't have the same impression mm-hmm. on you yeah no no i, I remember kevin duckworth being an enormous person yeah. i was so impressed with his size sorry i just i think it'd be sweet to get that duckworth jersey yeah uh, I don't know why. Every time we do a time travel week, I pick up a jersey and you guys don't bother. It's not one of the Ryan's rules. Just putting all his money in yen. Yeah, it's not one of the rules. So I don't know, but maybe you don't have to. I might. Yeah, I might get one next time. That looks kind of fun. I like your collection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I forgot to mention this week. This time when I went back to that Pistons game, I was going to grab the uh, the blue Dennis Rodman, the worm jersey. Uh, that one's really cool. Yeah. But so the number three team this season, the Portland Trailblazers. They were a great team. Moving on on to the number two team, 
the runner-up, not the champion, the runner-up team this year. Not the not the the team that brings home the the hardware. The second best team, the Detroit Pistons. Sorry, Ryan. This this this, this one hurts a little bit, but the Detroit Pistons are not the regular season Elo champ. But an outstanding Elo rating, nonetheless. Sixteen sixty nine Elo rating. Uh, they had a really good year, and and it seemed like they were really heading towards winning the championship. They were 51 and 16 and, and they were in first place right right before Pretty Woman came out. And I don't know what it is that affected them so much, but they went eight and seven after that. That is a little bit surprising. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what it was about that movie that affected them. I, I don't know if maybe they spent a lot of time looking for their own um Lady of the Night with a Heart of Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I don't know what maybe it was. Maybe they couldn't get their butts really... in Richard Gere. <laughs> That's that's a good one. I like that. Maybe you know, my I did a I have a little bit different research here in front of me. I actually had that um, their season got derailed from watching House Party. So really, yeah that that hot kid and play movie that dropped. Um, yeah, you don't have to explain to me what House Party was. Yeah, well, some of our listeners might be younger than you. Um, yeah, I, I remember uh, these these. Uh, these kids in my neighborhood after that came out, they, they taught, they helped teach me how to dance watching that movie. So, uh, I, I owe a lot of my dancing development to, to house party. Thank you. Kevin's neighborhood friends. Thank you. I was going to say, thank you. House yeah. party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a, a Pistons uh, fan, but, you should be saying no. Thank you. House party should have come out later yeah, in the they, year. They ruined your back to back title. Yeah. But for, uh, this for Kevin's dancing ability, it might've been worth it. Yeah, sometimes you got to take the wins yeah. with the losses. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 going back to this this team though, sixty six games into the season, they they had the highest ELO rating that anyone would achieve the entire year. They were up to seventeen twenty five. Yeah. It's just at that point they they kind of went into the tank, and and I even was trying to find an excuse to to modify. We stop after seventy five games to account for teams resting players and stuff. I was trying to see if there was some excuse to stop it after 72 or 73. Maybe they were resting players, but they weren't. Isaiah played 81 games. These guys, they were, they were playing hard till the end. They just, they went in a bit of a slump at the, at the wrong time, dropped into the second place. It was, a, it was an awesome team though. Rodman's first all-star game. He was defensive player of the year. Uh, Joe Dumars was third in defensive player of the year voting. Uh, Dumars was also sixth in guard voting for all NBA team. I, I was surprised looking at this. I feel like I should have known this, but I, I didn't realize that there was a point in time where Dumars was making all NBA teams and Isaiah wasn't. I feel like in my head, I always think of it as kind of like a, Cur- a Steph Curry clay thing where it was always clear. Steph was the better player a comparison, but clay was invaluable. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that was really the case. It was, Isaiah's last all NBA appearance was in 87. And then Dumars had a couple after that. I, well, I think maybe so, Ryan might remember it differently, but I'm the same way. Like I always thought Joe Dumars was second fiddle. Yeah. Well, I think the, the way that I remember it, just like you said, I, I did watch a lot of those games back then. Um, you know, Isaiah kind of running the point and Joe hitting a lot of clutch shots. So he might've mm-hmm. gotten sort of that, the more of the tension for getting the game winners or hitting the challenging shots. I mean, obviously Isaiah was essential, but I just remember Joe just hitting a lot of open buckets and I think a lot of clutch mm-hmm. shots. So I think yeah. that that probably gave him some more favor. I gotta ask you a question though. I have a, I have a, a genuine question about this Detroit Pistons team. Like, 
because you were a fan and I'm, I'm going to be a jerk here and I don't mean to be a jerk, but like, I just didn't, like, I didn't enjoy the, the brand of basketball they played. Like, even though they, you know, they figured out the Jordan rules and I, I just, they weren't fun. Like, the, I mean, it seemed like they beat up a lot of people, but I don't know. Did, did you enjoy watching the Pistons games? Like, just because you were loyal or do you, did you like the way they played? Uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, at this age, I was like eight and nine for these couple seasons. So I don't think I understood basketball as far as how you're supposed to play. It was just I yeah. was from that area. And I'm like, all right, the team's winning. But even the concept of the bad boys with Rick Mahorn, who's, I guess, not on the team this year. or I think he might have gotten traded maybe in the early in the year. But um, uh-huh. again, I, I didn't I didn't really understand sort of like the things that were happening to make to make them effective, to make them win. But yeah. yeah, especially like I do think Bill Lambeer, you know, is kind of like a little bit of a dirty player. Uh, Dennis Rodman, yeah, kind of. you know, he, <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, <laughs> you know, is a player that you know, like another. It all happens in every sport, but get in your head, try to mess with you, you know, some trash talking. Again, this is happening all the time, but I do feel like this team was a bit heavy on those sort of things. Get under yeah. your skin. So, well, they, yeah, they think, definitely had a lot of success, especially over these these concentrated two seasons. Yeah, but it's just crazy to but me. Like he, I, I, I oh, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, but then yeah, I think you had a the dichotomy with Dumars and Thomas, who I felt like played the game pretty clean, and were like the opposite, almost an opposite team, even though they're part of the same team, but their game was different, and that's yeah. more just reflecting back again. It during that time, I had no idea what strategies there were, you know, what how to change things, how to play better or worse. So again, I, it was more just being affiliated with the the team's location. And then it was exciting to, you know, root them on and see them win in. Well, mine is definitely like just a hot take from a uneducated spectator standpoint, especially for, I was like, you know, nine and 10 years old, but I just, I think I'm a little bit jaded because I remember a lot of these teams from NBA jam. And I just remember the Pistons just being like the most boring team. Like who wants to play with, you know, because you got to pick one big guy and one small guy. Who wants to play with Lambeer and, and Thomas? Uh, I don't know. Or Dumars uh, so and I think Lambeer. I definitely, this was not a team I rooted for because I was rooting for the Bulls and the Celtics at this point in time. Gotcha. Uh, as a person who lived in, in the Boston area and also as an impressionable youth who rooted for Michael Jordan. But. So this was definitely a team I was always rooting against, but there there were things that were amazing to watch with this team. Like Isaiah Thomas was an amazing offensive player and arguably the best point guard of all time. Um, wow! Like just from a pure point guard point of view, uh, Joe Dumars was was a really fun offensive player to watch. Dennis Rodman, watching him rebound, watching him defend, was was really uh, an amazing thing to watch. Bill Lambeer was, was a dirty player and wasn't that much fun to watch. There, there were things about this team that, that were ugly, but there were definitely some amazing things on this yeah, team. Yeah, I like how you combine Bill Lambeer and followed with ugly because his shot was just really hard to watch. Kind of kind mm-hmm. of behind yeah. his head, almost a two-handed looking shot, but he sort of figured it out. Um, but yeah, his shot was really bizarre. And then uh, I was I was talking a little bit about how it was interesting that Joe Dumars made an All NBA team and Isaiah didn't. But Joe Dumars was sixth in voting for uh, in guard voting for All NBA, and Isaiah was seventh. Yeah, and they tied for thirteenth in MVP voting. So they they were pr- pretty much equals this year sure. in, in in the eyes of the voters. They just I, I feel like I was surprised to see that it was that close. 
and that dude Mars even had the edge. Well, if you've got the six and seven guard on your team, you're doing something right. I mean, that's that's a decent fantasy mm-hmm. draft. Yeah, along with the defensive player of the yeah. year, Dennis Rodman. And Joe Dumars uh, shot an impressive 90% from the free throw. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. He was a good shooter. All right, but that brings us to our number one team, the, the team that gets the championship for 1990, and that's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Congratulations. The last thing they need, last thing they needed was another title, but they got Winning one. Winning time. It is. They had a sixteen ninety eight ELO rating, which again not not as quite as high as the as the Pistons got to, but at the end of the season, that's where they were. Uh, let's see, James Worthy was All NBA third team. Orlando Woolridge was third in six man voting. Pat Riley was Coach of the Year. But the big thing here, obviously, Magic Johnson was the MVP this year in a super super close race. Hmm. Uh, Charles Barkley was second and actually had more first place votes. Uh, Michael Jordan was really close behind. The, the three of them were really were they were between sixty and seventy percent of the uh, of the votes that you could win. Um, so they they both or all three of them rather were really really close. Um, cool. But Ma- Magic was awesome this year. Is one of his last, as Ryan was mentioning earlier. He had one he had one more season before retiring. Right. But this this was the, t- the tail end. But this also w- would have been the first his first title without Kareem. There's no Kareem on this team. And so that would, I th- I don't think that that necessarily, I mean, Kareem the year before was, was on his last leg. So it's, it's not like, it's not like there was any question whose team it was the last few championships, but sure. The handoff happens for sure while he was still there, but yeah. he, now he carries that, the torch by himself. Is that the player better mm-hmm. known as Kareem of wheat? No. Not yeah. at all. That's not one of his nicknames. I don't, I don't think that, that is either. Um, interesting for Magic, uh, um, you know, in one of our other episodes, we talked about the triple-double kind of thing, but uh, Magic averaged 11.5 assists this year and almost a couple steals per game. And it was really mm-hmm. before, like, the emphasis of, hey, I'm just going to, you know, get stats to break records. So, I mean, he's always been known mm-hmm. for his incredible passing, and it's obviously evident during this season. Yeah, if he was on the if he was on the Russell Westbrook routine where everyone knew during a free throw to back away so Magic could get the rebound, like he could have gotten those few extra rebounds he needed a game to get him up to triple double range. But yeah, also the the pace of play was was slower back then, so people weren't racking up as many rebounds and assists and points anyway. Right. So like they played defense. Yeah, they play defense now. That's cool that they had a 21-year-old Vladi Divac on that team. Yeah, young Vlade. And Ryan, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned how many... This team is littered with compound last names. I'm surprised you haven't brought that Oldham? up. Oldham? Oldham. Jawan Oldham. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Orlando Woolridge? Do you want some Oldham? <laughs> no. <laughs> Check the expiration date on that ham, Jawan. If it's too new, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm telling you, J- Jawan Oldham. <laughs> so, congratulations, Los Angeles sure. Lakers, yeah. on your on your title. All right, so now we're gonna move to our last our last few things. One, we'll talk about briefly the MVP. I think the MVP voting would would be skewed if there was a a different champion, but this year magic Johnson was the MVP and the Lakers won the championship. So I don't think that would have changed. Uh, 
we like to talk about who would get the bronze medal if we did a coach's poll style bronze medal where the gold medal this year goes to the Lakers for winning the ELO champion. The silver medal goes to the Pistons for winning the the cute uh, postseason tournament. Who, if we were voting on who's the third best team this year, who do you, who do you think we would vote for, Chris? Yeah, so I really had to look at this because all the advanced metrics tell you it's not the Bulls. Um, the Suns and the Blazers no, the seem to be better candidates, but I, I, I think if you look at what uh, the Bulls and the Blazers both did against the Pistons in the postseason, which I know we don't really recognize as it having any value here, the Bulls, they took that East Finals to a Game 7. I mean, the Pistons mm-hmm. end up, what, winning the, the championship 4-1? So, that, mm-hmm. you know, of all the teams that played best against the eventual silver medal winner, the Bulls played the best. I mean, I think I, I, I'm going to give Bulls the the bronze medal. I, I think Jordan kind of figured it out in late in the season, and 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 then obviously going into future seasons. So for me, it's the Bulls. All right, what do you think, Ryan? I actually, agree with Chris for for all for exactly the same reason. In this case, we have a comparison where the teams have played each other. Uh, just as Chris said, you know, you have the Suns matching up with the Blazers and the Blazers won. And then um, you have the Pistons as a commonality matching up with the Blazers. And then that series was 4-1. And then the Bulls was 4-3. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the same logic Chris had. And because you get that head-to-head comparison in the postseason, um, which again, uh, we're not focused on that, but I think in this particular scenario, it's important to look at that because um, it, it gives you the direct comparison when teams are supposed to be trying their best. I, and I'm going to go ahead and disagree because that was the whole premise for the, this podcast was that you, you can end up in a bad matchup sometimes and be worse against a certain team versus better against a certain team. But if we look at the the, the entirety of the season, and see how you did against 29 other teams. Blazers had the better ELO rating. They had the Pythagorean expected wins. They were higher. Their net rating was higher. The, the Blazers were fourth in net rating. The Bulls were ninth. Yet, Yes, the Bulls did better against the Pistons. But the Blazers made it to the finals against the Pistons. So it's not like the Blazers had a bad playoffs. They made it all the way to the finals. So yeah, you can make a case for the Bulls uh, for sure. But... For for me, I think the I think the Blazers are the, the third team that we should talk about for this year. The Bull the Bulls will get their time starting next year. But right. And what's interesting but you, you guys outvoted me, so yeah. I mean, we definitely were suckers doing the opposite of what the program's for. But mm-hmm. what's interesting among uh, or should yeah, amongst uh, the Pistons, the Blazers, the Bulls, the Suns, that there's only twenty nine points separating them in the ELO rating. So I mean it's it, it's really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So I, I do think it's tough. I, th- I think it's a a testament how good all the teams were around then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe I just want to give it to the Blazers too, because I know the Bulls are going to get get plenty of shine. But yeah, I think those are the two though. And, and, the, uh, and the Bulls and the Suns are separated by, you know, one point in the ELO rating. I mean, that's, I, I'm not sure, yeah. sure if I can remember it being that, that close in some of our other. What? It's one point between matchup. third and fourth place? Between fourth and fifth. Oh, between fourth and fifth. Gotcha. You're right. Yeah. And, and the Blazers uh, were uh, 17 ahead of the Bulls and 11 oh, okay, behind the Pistons. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah. Okay. They're, they're, all, all three of those teams were really good. Congratulations. You guys outvoted me. <laughs> all right. Last thing I want to talk about. So that's, and that's how this would affect legacy. So I think there's one thing to mention a little bit, which is just magic. gets his win without Kareem. I don't think that's something people really hold against him that much. So I don't think that part matters that much. This would give magic a sixth ring, which when you're comparing him to Michael, now they both have six. I think that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are throwing magic in the, in the goat conversation in the same way, but I think it is interesting if magic and Michael both have six. Right. Um, but again, I, I don't, I don't think people necessarily, I think, I think people think he's definitely in the next tier down, which still puts him top eight or so all time. But I think people maybe I've, I've heard people make the case for magic at the top. And I think this, this would help, but for sure. Um, I think the bigger thing is, you know, of, of the other ones we did, of all the seasons we've looked at so far, this is the outcome I feel like that I made me the saddest a little bit. Like last like last week when we took a ring away from Bill Russell, like I, I don't want to do that. I root for the Celtics. I like Bill Russell. But it drops him from 11 rings down to 10. He'll be, he'll be fine. But the Pistons are already kind of a forgotten team. Even though they have the back-to-back titles, they don't fit neatly into the bird magic narrative in the 80s. And then everyone including me likes to jump straight to the Jordan era of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the Pistons already kind of get discounted, even though they have back-to-back titles and a really strong NBA. I remember mm-hmm. them. And so, I, yeah, yeah. You, you remember them, right? Yeah. And, and if they go down from having back-to-back titles down to just having one title there, I, th- I think, I think they would get lost to history a little bit. I mean, so they're it makes technically me a little bit sad the Denver Nuggets away. of the East. How so? Because small market they team. They're in the land of you know mid to major market teams, giants, and they're for, they're forgotten. You know, um, the the Pistons, the Pistons have had more success than the Nuggets. You're right throughout NBA history. Booyah! That's right. Uh, and they've been they've been Whoa. in the NBA for a lot longer. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I think mic? until Jokic put us on the map, I think. We all, yeah, you're right. They've had more success, but it's not like people look at the NBA and the think the Detroit Pistons are one of those marquee teams that kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. that you think about when you think of the NBA. Uh, You know, that's true. You're never like, who's this free agent going to pick? Is it going to be LA? Is it going to be New York or is it going to be Detroit? Yeah. You never would throw that in the mix. Same with Denver. Yeah. Mom's spaghetti. What do you think uh, when you're comparing Magic and Jordan? Well, uh, how would you rate Magic's defense? Um, it doesn't really stand so, out to me at all. Whereas Jordan was kind of no, you know, he sort of had the reputation of a lockdown defender. So I, I feel like just yeah, Jordan was Jordan was an awesome defender. So I feel like that in of itself, it just um, you know, I think Jordan's had more of a complete game. Um, you know, I, th- I yeah. think Magic's going to be the guy who can facilitate a team victory. He, he can find the open guy. I mean, obviously he can hit a clutch shot, but Jordan's going to, I think, more likely to hit the clutch shot. He's not going to be passing the ball. He, he's going to get it in, and, and Magic's going to be looking for the open guy, I would say. I think that's one why question, yeah, I th- I, yeah. And one question I think we should be asking is, if if we can't find Magic, do you think he might be in Tom's chamber of secrets <laughs> yeah maybe so 
I think I think people underestimate uh, underrate Magic and Bird's defense a little bit just because they weren't like stand out. Look at that block. Look at that steal, defenders. But I, I think I think people in the same way that uh, I think the the value of the three pointer was underappreciated for a long time. Not just the just the pure math of it being worth more, mm-hmm. but the spacing that it provides the rest of the the players on the court. I think people underrate the value of team defense as opposed to one on one lockdown defense. I don't think Magic was going to be like, I'm shutting down my guy today. But he was a a good help defender. And I'm not a huge fan of like the defensive plus minus numbers uh, on a small sample size. But if you look over the course of a career, I do think it's it's interesting. And he was a positive defender in defensive plus minus for his career. Okay. Uh, Not not as not as high as Jordan was, but Magic was it was a. a decent defender. It's not like it's not like you had to hide him out there. And being as big as he was on small point guards was it has a lot of value. Yeah, um, for sure. And then I think he had more of an effect on his teammates offensively than Jordan did. I think Jordan was an individual, like supernova. But he wasn't. It's not like he. You know, you were even talking about games earlier where it's like, oh, Horace Grant had seven. Like Magic Johnson used everyone else as a tool to make the offense amazing. So I. I think that there's a case to be made that they're more comparable than that, but I mean, I'm a Jordan guy, so I don't know. But Good question, Ryan. Feel bad for this Pistons team. Feel bad for the Pistons, but I don't know. They still have last year's title potentially. So far, we haven't taken it away yet. We haven't done that well, yet. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, they don't they have just, to feel bad because the universe we've invented isn't the real one. So they still have a championship like back in the real universe. So I mean, <laughs> to find out, should we tune in next time or would it be at a later date? Later date. Uh, yeah, at a later date. We're not going to go straight to the that one. But next next week. Well, yeah, I think we could probably wrap up there. Sorry. Sorry, Pistons. Yeah, your little machine never goes chronological. No, no. It's what's the fun in that? So, sorry, sorry to the Pistons. Congratulations, Los Angeles Lakers. So, uh, Ryan, go ahead and set your your little device. Next year or next week, rather, we're going to look at the 2006 NBA season. Okay, so we will have to find out later in the future mm-hmm. if the Pistons actually yeah. have a title whatsoever. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll find that out. We'll we'll try and do that soon and just see. We don't want to leave everyone hanging. Yeah. But any anyone who listened, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. It was fun. From 1990, you can't touch this. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, 2006. Thanks. Here we go. Here we go. It's 11:30. It is bedtime.